Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. This episode is another from my Connection Squared series. And in this one, I get to talk with Leilani Kirai, the CEO of Be The Change HR, about how she built a business that makes really good money, seven figures, while also being heart-centered and giving 2% of her top-line revenue to the social causes that really matter to her heart. So like, not only does Be The Change HR provide everything that you know small to medium-sized businesses need in terms of outsourced HR. They also donate that 2% of top-line revenue and time and resources to coaching survivors of sex trafficking to create job readiness um, so that they can actually move into uh, the next phase of life and feel confident in doing so. So Leilani is creating such an amazing business. Um, we call it a social impact business. And I would love for you to give a listen and let us know what resonates for you. What does it inspire you to do with your business? And how can you see that you know it's possible to do good now, to have social impact now while you're building your business rather than waiting until you've built your business to then start having social impact. So I, again, um, love this episode, love this conversation and would love to hear what resonates with you. Enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah Chapman with X Squared Wealth Planning. I'm a wealth advisor that helps visionary entrepreneurs uh, really take control of their income and their revenue and their personal finances and figure out how to build wealth with joy and with ease. And since I work with so many entrepreneurs and business owners, I found that I need to have a really well-established network of other professionals who also serve business owners and who really provide other services that, you know, I know my clients need. And so today we're talking to Leilani Kirai of Be The Change HR. Um, and she is a fractional HR firm that really supports the small business owner. Um, so Leilani, please introduce yourself. Tell us all about Be The Change and yeah, what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it is it is really tough. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. It is really tough to be a small business out there for all kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is, well, when you have a business, most likely you're going to hire someone. And when you do that, there's all these these laws, these regulations. And, and on top of that, these strategies that you can put into play in order to make sure that, you know, you can provide a happy, healthy workforce. And so that's really what we do at Be The Change HR. I'll talk about, we do two things very specifically. I'll talk about the second one a little bit later, which is our, our philanthropic part of the business. Um, but we do human resources for small business. And so it's really sexy stuff like employee handbooks and harassment prevention training. Uh, we can assess someone's human resources on, on, on what they're doing well and also what needs to be fixed tomorrow, both on the compliance piece and that, you know, that's things you think about like, 
can I make this person an employee or can I keep them as a contractor? Um, am I paying this person enough? What rules and laws do I not know that I need to know, especially in states that are very employer friendly, <clears throat> California, New York, Washington, New Jersey, there's these states where they're like, there's so many laws. And even, even the states that are a little bit more employer friendly, instead of the employee friendly ones, like let's say Texas or Utah, there's still stuff that exists that you really don't, I don't think you need to know as a business owner, you just get someone to get in there and, and help you with that. Uh, and then on the strategy side, um, you know, it, it costs to acquire an employee. It costs to keep them in it. And it really costs a lot if you have a lot of turnover and you can't retain your employees. And so there's the strategy side of it, of the very front end, like how do you hire the right people that will fit into your organization? It's not just about skills and knowledge and education and years of experience. It really is about a core value fit. And if they're going to fit in your organization, um, you know, so your talent acquisition strategy, what you look like as an employer online is really important, especially now. There are rating sites like Indeed and Glassdoor where people can go on and write whatever they want about your organization. So you want to make sure um, that you are um, providing a happy, healthy uh, experience for them while they're working for you. And that's not just, you know, the front end, it's everything that happens in between the performance management. How do you build a healthy culture? What kind of benefits do you offer? What kind of mix of money and health insurance and what's best for your organization? performance management, culture management. How do you measure that? I mean, I can go on and on and on. And then finally, how do you nicely exit someone so that at the end of the day, they leave their or your organization feeling great about the work they did, or at least not angry enough to call an attorney because you never want that to happen. Um, and so that's really what we do at Be The Change HR. I am the founder and CEO. We've been in business for five years. Any of my small businesses know how it is a big deal. So anytime I say that out loud, I feel excited for myself. <laughs> Thank you. Right? You made it past yes. the mark. Yes. I made it to year one and someone's like, now you need to make it to year five. I'm like, why was it such a long distance from one to five? But okay. Um, and so uh, as, um, as an HR consulting firm, we can work with anyone in any state um, in the United States. We help support that sometimes scary piece of, I have employees, now what? Whether it's your first hire or maybe you have 15, 20, 50 employees and all of a sudden you're feeling some pain points behind, gosh, I might, I might need someone to come in and help. Um, and then we also support teams that have HR on board and for whatever reason they need maybe an executive HR individual to come in and kind of architect these things that I'm talking about, about happy, healthy workforces, or maybe the bench isn't strong and they need to learn. And so our team will come in and do that. Uh, and then there's um, DE&I, of course, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is really important. So lots of training behind that and um, programs that we have. And then finally, the, the, the second piece, which is um, why we're called Be The Change HR is the fact that we're a social impact business. So um, mm -hmm. in the community around us, we do do great work. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes. Yes. I am excited to talk about that um, as well. But before we get to that piece, um, what are some of the, um, obviously if, if a business owner is hiring employees, that's one, you know, factor like, Hey, maybe you need to be thinking about HR, but say we've got someone who 
has, you know, two or three contractors. They're not, they don't have in-house employees yet. Mm-hmm. And they want to start switching over to in-house or they have one or two employees. Where is the, where's the space where you see business owners coming to you the most, where it's like, okay, you probably should have come six months ago. When's the, when's the best time for them to actually start and like consult with you? Yeah. Um, I'll give a little bit of uh, my story on when I decided that I would hire uh, employees. So we've all, not all of us maybe, but if you're a solopreneur, you know that you get to a point where you have so much work. You're like, what do I do? Do I, do I say no? Do I say no and refer it out? Do I say no, refer it out and take a referral fee, (laughs) whatever, or do I hire somebody? And, um, you know, since we did HR, that was the the first hire I was going to make was going to be an HR pro. And I, I went back to my business's purpose and my purpose. And the answer was hire. And so immediately I started doing work behind core values. And, um, and the reason I did this is, you know, people will say to you, you need to hire another you. Well, we all know that's not possible. Right. And especially as business owners, let's be frank, like you hire an employee, they're not, nor should they, but they're not going to have that, you know, um, that sort of gusto that you have to want to build the business and be as dedicated, nor again, nor should they. Right. Uh, and so, it, you know, it, in, in what I did, it was like, okay, why do people love working with me? What are my core values? And building, if understanding what that is and building a recruiting process behind focusing solely on that. And so it took me about four or five months. Then I started recruiting um, uh, in the recruiting process. There, there are knockout questions. Like you have to have this much experience because I need high level, almost executive level HR folks, um, education, certifications. And the first two rounds of interviews were only based on core values. In fact, I didn't see their resumes till the very end because mm-hmm. the, the applicant tracking system will do all that for you and just give you names. You don't need to look at it, or at least I didn't. And so my first five hires all within a month um, you know, or yes, um, it was like, I wanted to move all my clients off of me immediately so mm-hmm. that I could focus on, on growing the business. Now, when you have someone I'll switch to your question, cause it's a loaded one. You asked a loaded question. So when you have 1099s, um, the first thing I'll say is if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably an employee. <laughs> and, and what I mean is if you're going to hire, like, let's say, you need a receptionist. Let's go with the old office model. You need someone to sit at the front and you're going to answer phones. They're going to be there from nine to five. I'm going to give them a computer and you're going to, you know, and you're going to pay them every other week. It's sort of like, well, that's like an employee probably should just make it an employee. And I put an asterisk next to that for all our small business owners. It is hard and expensive to have an employee. So I understand if you're not doing it at first, just know, don't do it for too long. The attorneys will kill me for saying that, but just at one point you're going to have too much of a risk. Yeah. Um, there are federal laws that um, help you classify if it's an employee or a 1099, and then there are state laws. And so states like California passed AB5 some years ago that made it very difficult to classify someone as a 1099, and almost every single state has rules like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing I would say is consult with an HR professional or an attorney to see if that person really is an employee and then calculate your risk. And because you're going to count, you're going to take risks in business and some risks, you know, you're like, I shouldn't maybe be doing this, but for now, um, uh, and always do right by that person, of course. 
Um, but when it is time to bring them on board, there are things legally that you need in place, uh, certain paperwork, certain documents, and, and know what those are. And sometimes it's really simple. It's just an I-9 and a W-4 and now you're done, right? Handbooks are always great to have, but they're not required by law. But then again, you need a harassment policy. So there's all these like inner workings that you need to know. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's a the strategy piece I was talking about. And that is if I bring a, a human, I'm like really like heart-centered about this, bring a human into an organization and they're gonna be here 20, 30, 40 hours a week. How do I craft an environment that is healthy for them? And, and then again, I can go about this, this stuff I can talk about forever. Um, but if you put your people first, I really think that it turns into profits. Um, and, and that's something else to think about. And that's a whole, and, and you can have fun with it, you know, based on your core values. Like, I'll just give you an example. One of our core values is fun. Um, we had drag queen bingo. We're a virtual organization. And so it's like, you get to, you get to play with, okay, if these are our core values, how do I do that? If you're a health company, then probably health benefits and mental health benefits. Maybe you pay a stipend for the gym. Maybe you pay um, for someone to get um, an, a wellness app or an app like, well, like um, Headcase or Insight Timer to do meditation. Like there's all kinds of different ways you can be creative and cost, not keep your costs down with these types of things that have to do with your hire. So um, there's a lot to think about, but I think six months ahead of time before you hire your first employee is a good place of, you know, what is this workplace going to look like? What are my core values and, and how do I provide the best experience I can with the money that I have? Mm, I love that. So one of the things I just made a note, um, for myself, <laughs> one of the things that is incredibly prescient right now, um, is the great resignation still. Right. And then, this whole idea behind, you know, it's not about the compensation necessarily. It's not about, um, you know, just people wanting to leave and not be in the office. It truly is. And I, I believe this as well. It's truly about creating a space where employees feel valued, valued and heard and utilized. Like they are getting to use their gifts to help the organization and that they feel like they have compassionate leadership. Um, so what do you see from your seat at about, like, do you see business owners coming to you wanting help with that? Like, how do I create an environment that will support that? Um, or are you working with a lot of people that already are in that space and want to already feel the same? Like, does that question make sense? It totally does. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way, be the, ch- and I laugh because I have like a, a, a more like overarching a- answer to this. Um, we love employers and leaders who want to do the right thing and maybe they don't know how, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've, I've been in human resources for over 20 years now. I've come from the days of when it was a personnel department. I have always been opposed to things like disciplinary write-ups and shoving paper in front of someone and being like, you've been late three times, like sign this paper. I always thought it made more sense to have a human conversation with someone like, are you all right? Mm -hmm. You know, are you not happy here? Don't go straight to this person just slate, right? Like there is there something going on. And, and, and because, you know, we've had this pandemic and because, people have reassessed, some people call it the great reassessment. So Mm -hmm. reassessing their lives in general 
given that some of us have faced the idea of, of death, we've, we've had our workforces entirely change. And all of a sudden it's like, do I, do I really wanna work for this a-hole anymore? No, I have options, right? Um, and, and I think it's such a beautiful thing. So that means that leaders need to step up now and organizations need to step up now. In the very beginning of the pandemic, I had some now former clients who were jumping on Zoom calls and telling people they were going to put monitoring software. And if they weren't at their desks from this time to this time, they always had to have their camera off and something attuned to, you're lucky to have a job. Now, we all know how scared we were in March of 2020 of everything that was going to happen. And I'm sure people thought, well, I'm lucky to have a job. I'll just grin and bear it. But at that time, sort of talking a lot about, you know, that Maya Angelou quote that, that people won't forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And so when the time comes that they can flee, they're going to run. Right. And so with, you know, it happened and, and if organizations were trying to do the right thing before the great reassess of the great, you know, resignation, they fared better at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And those that didn't are wondering, you know, I hear, sometimes I hear in like my business forums, like, man, it's so hard to find someone. I can't seem to hold on to somebody. And I'm like, uh, have you looked in the mirror? And yeah. so yeah. one of the overarching things that I will always say is like, get a coach and get some therapy if you're a leader. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because then it's easier to see how you can support your workforce and, you know, have it be a better environment for them and put their mental health first and make sure that you pay them right. All this really normal stuff, in, in my opinion. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, if you do these right things, it just translates to your bottom line. So in, in, in the organizations that we work with, we have so many wonderful clients who really want to do the right thing. And we do get the opportunity to share that also on our socials. I feel like there's a lot we do to educate this month is pride month. We have Juneteenth, which is a new holiday to like educate, like, how do you be an inclusive workforce? How do you, um, how do you recognize these things that maybe might make, you know, you personally uncomfortable because you don't know how to communicate the thing. And so there's a lot of education that we get to do there. Oh, I love that because I I do feel that there are a lot of, like, like you're saying, people who are trying to do the right thing, who (laughs) feel, um, I'll just be honest here. A lot of, a lot of men, a lot of, especially white men who are very heart centered and want to do the right thing and don't know how, and don't, don't know where they're allowed Right. Or like that, that piece of, I want to have a good environment in my workplace. I don't know what the problems are, right? Like not having experienced it. How do we, how do we create that? Um, And I, I find that super admirable for someone to reach out and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how can you, how do you support that? Do you see that as well? Yes. Um, One of my favorite things to coach somebody on in any situation that is uncomfortable is to say that, right? So, I mean, it, it is it is particularly tough for all kinds of individuals right now. And so if someone doesn't know what to, but you gotta have a solution, by the way, you just can't, this is, this is everything. Here's the problem, here's my solution. And, and so it could be, you know, conversation if it's an older white male that, and I mean, I know so many that are very heart-centered, wanna do the right thing but don't know how it, the conversation can be started that way, mm-hmm. you know, 
I, you know, I want to be supportive to those in this organization that are in the LGBTQ plus community. I don't know how, but here's my plan to get started. I'm going to educate myself. Feel free to send me anything that you think would be helpful or go find resources and, 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 and educate oneself in order to, to support that. And in turn become a safe workplace. And, and when you make a safe, inclusive workplace, you'll have more diversity. And, and again, that affects the bottom line, but it's, it's putting people first. Um, I, I'd love to point anyone that's listening to our Instagram is fantastic. Um, this month, we do have a lot of content around um, how to be an ally. If you're not part of the LGBTQ plus community, ideas on how to do that, you just pop in there and, and read through them and, and kind of get started. Juneteenth as well is a brand new holiday. I'm the first to admit last year, I didn't even know what it, I didn't even know we had it. Yeah. Right. Yes. I come from an HR organization that teaches DE and I, and I didn't know. So I was like, this year is like, let's educate people so that they, you know, they don't feel that way. They don't, you know, they know, you know, what it means and how to support that as well. Mm, I love that. Yes. And there will be links um, for everything, all socials and everything um, underneath um, in the, in the notes and all of that. So yes, find Leilani um, for all the information. So I want to pivot now over to the heart of your business. Um, because you do have, you know, that philanthropic arm that you mentioned, that social yeah. impact side of your business. And I know so many entrepreneurs that are, um, that are striving for, right. Cause I work with them and they, they want to give back. And I, you are such a beautiful example of like, you're doing it, you're figuring mm -hmm. it out. Uh, yeah. so yes, please tell us what, who you support, why you support them and how you are working on figuring that out in your business. Yeah. So I started Be The Change HR with a specific purpose of doing HR and philanthropy under one roof. Um, and I came up with the name because I have uh, the quote. I have to specify it. It's the quote. I don't have Be The Change HR tattooed on my back. I have Be The Change You Wish To See In The World tattooed on my back. So when I you know, was thinking of a company, I was like, let's do that. And so I, I launched the company with the idea that, you know, we would change the world through our work and through supporting the community. And at the time, I didn't know how exactly that would, would happen. You know, like many of us, we start by volunteering. And so a lot of the volunteer work that I'd done prior to starting the business was all in the job readiness um, sector with nonprofits like Working Wardrobes and WHW out of um, Orange County, California. Uh, and then as the business evolved, I like it dawned on me. I was like, there's so many nonprofits out there that um, have individuals that they serve and they send them to these nonprofits, sometimes physically, in order to learn these job readiness skills. So I thought, why don't I just build that myself? And so I built a, a module that's very 101 based on, um, you know, how to write a resume how to interview, how to, how to network. And by network, I mean how to comfortably in introduce yourself. And then finally, how to utilize LinkedIn, which is such a powerful tool. Uh, also, um, while I was building this organization and I had this, um, this, this philanthropic piece, I also knew that I wanted to serve women who've been rescued from sex trafficking. In a lot of the work I had done prior with these nonprofits, these job readiness nonprofits, 
it was serving women out of all different um, areas of life, difficult situations, trauma survivors. And I knew, um, you know, when I did with be the, did this with Be The Change HR, I wanted to work with trauma survivors and, and specifically those who've been rescued from human trafficking. Um, and so I'll fast forward to today because in this, I was like trying to figure it out. And, and at one point, someone's like, you have a social impact business. I didn't even know what that was. When I had the idea, I was like, I have a what? Right. They're like, you're a social entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, <laughs> really? <laughs> Fantastic. She's like, you should put that in your LinkedIn profile. I'm like, oh, it's so it's still there today. Yeah. Um, so I'll fast forward to today. You know, I've got a team of 10 amazing HR pros, myself and everyone on this team. We teach two hour job readiness courses or sometimes one hour to numerous nonprofits that serve, serve women who've been rescued from trafficking. And then we have one nonprofit out of Atlanta, Georgia called Caring Works that serves BIPOC homeless men. Uh, we also offer anyone in these nonprofits we work with one-on-one -on -one job readiness coaching. Because as you can imagine, there are all kinds of different situations and, and, and delicate situations um, and sometimes delicate humans who, you know, it's just difficult in a classroom setting to, to speak up. So we offer one-on-one -on -one coaching to help them on their journey and meet them wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. Sometimes someone doesn't have a resume. Sometimes someone has a full-blown resume and they just want to figure out how do I um, get around this gap of employment thing when the gap of employment is something very personal and something you wouldn't share in a job interview. Um, Business-wise, you know, it's taken a minute. I make the joke that there's no magical social impact unicorn fairy that tells you how much you should, like how much of, you know, your top line or your bottom line revenue should right. you be, you know, um, there's also the tax stuff. So, you know, there's also like how, as what kind of, you know, you know, business structure am I, do I do this? Um, that's where you see Hannah. So, and I, you know, you maximize cause we're running a business here. Right. So 2%, this has taken a minute for me to get to this 2% of our top line revenue goes to these, um, efforts that we make. And we just track, you know, um, the, the money that we spend on the labor hours in order to, to come to that. And the other thing that's been, um, a lesson is besides the company name, how do we weave this into our marketing, into all of our social media, into how we speak about the company so that it's ever prevalent, that it's not just an HR um, staffing firm. And so, you know, one of our taglines is we are life changers and, and kind of like raises an eyebrow of, of what we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I, when I hear that, it just, it, it feels like, like my whole heart is open. Like I, I feel how open your heart is Thank you. for, yeah, for that population. And just it, it's like you said, there's no magical unicorn fairy to tell you how to do it. So you're figuring it out. You're creating a mold for other people to say, oh, we can do it. Here's a way. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be exactly that way, but you've created a way that's actually doing something like very tangible, um, in the lives of, of women and BIPOC men. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's an element of, of what we do. Yes. We teach, you know, job writing skills, how to write a resume, you know, but, but really, really what we're teaching is confidence. 
Um, I always get teary eyed when I, when I talk about this because you'll see it. So we're, we're fully virtual. We teach these classes, you know, virtually and the nonprofits that we work with are, are great. Whether, you know, we've got everyone on a computer or four people are sharing a cell phone, like we get it done and we work together. But what will happen at one point in the training is somebody will say something like, you know, I feel better. Like, I, I feel like I can do this now. And it's just like to have someone look back at you and know, like they've been through some, some crap mm -hmm. and just the thought that they can do this is amazing. One of my favorite stories is actually one of the first students I ever had in a nonprofit called the cupcake girls. They are a nonprofit out of Las Vegas that help men and women out of the sex industry. And, um, those who've been trafficked because sometimes it's the same, you know, um, especially in Las Vegas. And she came, she had been trafficked for 17 years, had been out for um, a handful of years, just healing and figuring her way, came to class, had, did not have a resume, um, took us up on the offer for the one-on-one -on -one coaching. I got the opportunity to work with her for a month. She came to every single session. We built a resume. You know, at one point she's like, oh, this is, this looks, she was just astonished. Like, this looks amazing. And let's be frank that the, the, experience was, you know, working for a social media company, working briefly at a vape shop, working briefly at a convenience store. Um, and, and to have someone, you know, who's been through all that, we're trying to build this resume, make, you know, she, she called about a month after we finished and got a job at a large um, box warehouse. And then I'll just fast forward to today. Um, and I got actually to meet her in person. This was two and a half, three years ago three years ago, almost this summer, um, you know, she's a district manager at a major grocery store chain. She just bought a house and she's maxing out her 401k. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. You know, when you have these individuals who've been through such terrible trauma, who are healing on all different fronts and, and, and succeeding. Um, and, and you get to be a part of that, like, you know, like, and, and, and I always like to put this asterisk next to all of this, as much as I talk about how important putting people first and this philanthropic work is, I'll tell you year over year over year, this business has exponentially grown. We make money. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, I'm not run out there, like giving all my money away and, you know, not being able to buy the things that I want of this altruistic, like, no. We do well here yeah. and the people who work here get paid. Like we, we do well and we can change our piece of world at the same time. So a lot of what I love to talk about is like, girl, just make your money, make your money and change the world. The more money, the more money you make, the more impact you can have. And so 2%, yeah. you know, for us of our top line revenue, as we grow and grow 2% of 1 million is a lot different than 2% of 10, right? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And that, you know, the more money, the more impact. 100%. 100%. And as you, as you continue, like you said, as you continue to grow, as you continue to focus on, like, it's, it's such a beautiful marriage of the two sides of what you're doing. You're creating workplaces, helping, helping business owners create workplaces where people want to work. And then you're helping survivors get jobs 
right? It's like, it's both sides um, that you're, you know, you're making, you're making a beautiful living off of this incredibly valuable work you're doing and helping people get into those value themselves enough, right? Like create that confidence, create that value in themselves where they can see themselves succeeding as well in work and in business. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're like this beautiful circle. It's just, (laughs) it's like perfect. I I hadn't really connected that before, but yes, like, yeah, look at that. I love it. So I would love for you to share how people can get a hold of you best and, you know, any like last notes that you want to, to share with the audience. Um, at be the change HR anywhere you can find us, uh, you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn and you'll have my name spelling in in the description below. Uh, And you're welcome to email me. It's Leilani, L-E-I-L-A-N-I at be the change HR.org. Um, and I'm also open to any conversations if anybody wants to bat around some ideas about how to build a social impact business or, or really how to make that change and impact. Love that. Thank you. Thank you for your open heart. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for having this conversation with me. I love that. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.